Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we're doing the 26th Best Picture from Here to Eternity. This is a 1953 romantic drama directed by Fred Zinnemann, starring Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Cliff, Frank Sinatra, Deborah Kerr, Donna Reed, and that's just the stars. There is also a really impressive supporting cast, so we got to see like some big-name actors from the time in this one. And it is about three U.S. servicemen stationed in Hawaii in the months leading up to Pearl Harbor. Because I think going into this, you and I were both under the impression that it was a war film, but it's not. It's yeah, definitely it's, a romantic drama, yes, and it yes. just happens to be around Before characters. Her, Pearl Harbor. Right. It just happens to be like set with characters who were in the military mm-hmm. at a time right before Pearl Harbor. And we do see the attack, or at least part of the attack at the end. Yeah. This is a very like postmodern, relationship-driven, character-driven movie, which is so my cup of tea, <laughs> and not so much Well, Ian's. and see, I could have seen it being tidily and satisfyingly ended without the Pearl Harbor incident at the end, but- wouldn't have had the same strength i don't think to me it kind of wrapped up a couple character arcs that i thought were interesting and it kind of put this idea of these like love affairs being kind of like fleeting and i think like they had to change after that event that like everything is going to change Mm -hmm. and it kind of put these you know we'll go super into it when we break down the storylines but it put kind of the the things that the the military brass through most of the film we're concerned about it kind of puts them in perspective where you're like oh so there was a lot of trouble over this thing that like absolutely 100% does not matter anymore yeah yeah like the whole box because there's something so much bigger yeah. and so much more important now going on mm-hmm. which i love which ties into that postmodernism which is <laughs> everything so my doesn't jam. matter <laughs> this is why i'm reading grendel as a pool book like this is my jam. Um, this is also based on a novel, speaking of books, uh, by James Jones. And as we go through um, kind of our breakdown of the movie, I'll talk about some key differences and changes that they had to make because of, again, we are still under production code. And they also had to work with the army because they needed to shoot around the military base in mm-hmm. Hawaii. So they did need army cooperation. So there were a couple things that they had to soften or change a little bit to make the army happy. Although the army still does not come off looking super rosy. No, they were, I think able to, you know, there are some of the changes that kind of stand out and feel a little out of keeping with the rest of the movie. But Mm -hmm. I think in general, they were able to make the changes to satisfy the code and satisfy the army in a way that still kept the integrity of the film. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that popped out to me is their treatment of the um the conaway club what was the name oh i the officers club yeah yeah i Um, forget the name of it but yeah where the or it's not even an officers club the private club with the hostesses yeah in the book that's a brothel well yeah and i was like oh this is a brothel oh wait it's not a brothel i'm confused no it's um the (laughs) thing that hollywood would use in when there should have been a brothel in the source material in order to satisfy the code it's fine. But it's it, and like when you watch a lot of older movies and stuff that are like you've watched pre-code versus post-code, I think mm-hmm. you start to kind of pick up on things that you're like, that's probably like should have been something else. Like you kind of pick up on like oh, yeah. their, I guess, plot euphemisms sort of. <laughs> so this actually won eight awards out of 13 nominations. Jeez. So yeah, it was nominated for a lot, a lot of which I actually think was very well deserved. Mm-hmm. It is number 52 in the American Film Institute's top 100 movies. And it is number 20 in the American Film Institute's, like, top 100 passions. So, like, lists of love stories. 
I mean, and I feel like, you know, people might be thinking like, oh, where have I heard from here to eternity before? One, like the book's very famous. The movie's very Mm -hmm. famous. It has the iconic kissing on the the beach as the waves break over them shot. Which, let me tell you, I felt really bad for those actors because I can just imagine- God, it must have been a bitch to film. All the sand It's visually amazing, (laughs) but I feel so bad for them and especially for uh, Deborah Kerr because at least Burt Lancaster has Deborah Kerr on top of him protecting him a little bit from the wave. And Deborah Kerr just gets it right to the back of the head. And she has to lay down in the sand. Oh, yeah. Then she goes and lands on a towel that's just actually covered in sand. So, yeah, I was like, I loved that scene and I love that visual. But you're like, man, that had to be terrible to film. (laughs) So speaking of those awards and nominees. So Fred Zinneman got Best Director. He won for that. Montgomery Cliff was nominated for Best Actor. Burt Lancaster was nominated for Best Actor. Deborah Kerr was nominated for Best Actress. Daniel Teradash won for Best Writing Screenplay. Frank Sinatra won for Best Supporting Actor. And I loved him in this. Yes, I remember seeing him. I loved him all the actors in... in this. I thought all of the main performances were really good. I know you had some well, I... a little bit of waffling on some of them. But... The only reason I was waffling is because they felt kind of wooden at times, but getting later in the film... I like, think that's a little bit more to do with the dialogue. It is too. it is a very well, dramatic film. Right. Like it, it it will ride the, the melodrama like line. Regimented military aspect of some of the leading men, especially. Like mm-hmm. that that is what they they were in that character and pulled it off, I thought. But um I think the thing with um the character of Karen, she had moments where I thought she, she'd like had this beautiful subtlety with like how she interacted with um her husband, Captain Holmes. And then also with um, Sarge- the sergeant. Uh, Warden. I, sergeant Warden. Is Which that I, his last name? I feel I was, like it's such a fitting name. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and then there were other places where I thought it was a little more, I don't know. It, it felt like too much melodrama, but again, it, I don't know. Like it, I think it rides the line. I, it worked for me. I do think that some of the dialogue is a little eh. Yeah. Um, I, and and yeah. I, I would put it more on the dialogue than the performances. Um, but like in general, I loved all the performances but like i'm not like a blanket sinatra fan but i thought Mm -hmm. he was phenomenal in this and 100 percent deserves that win well it reminds me i saw him in high society as well and like he was so miscast in that oh yeah it was horrible (laughs) so seeing him here was like a refreshing take like oh this is what he can do with a part that's like basically written for him exactly exactly Donna Reed won for Best Supporting Actress, and she and Deborah Kerr were actually cast against type. They, I can see it. I sometimes really like when people are cast against type because I think it brings a very like fresh lens to what could be a cliche. Yeah. And I have to say, after, after having back-to-back The Greatest Show on Earth and An American in Paris, we got two really, really awesome, nuanced female lead characters, and I was so here for it. <laughs> I I thought I mean in general the characters were a lot more nuanced than both of those movies but like oh completely it, I think especially showed in like the Alma and Karen characters that they mm-hmm. they were just kind of a step above what we have not seen since All About Eve really yeah and I still don't think even would can hold a candle to All About Eve no, to very be very few things can hold a candle to All About Eve because it did not only had like great performances but mm-hmm. it just had like it had everything going for it oh yeah. Burnett Guffey also won for best cinematography, black and white, which I'm I'm fine with. I, there were uh, definitely some shots that I noticed. I wouldn't say that it was like overall just like stunning, stunning cinematography, but Agreed. there was some very nice stuff done with like foreground, background. Yes, and especially and, in some of the framing shots, um, 
not framing shots, but shots that were framed very nicely, mm-hmm. um, like near the ammunition room. And like the, the way they would shoot and, down halls mm-hmm. and stuff. I really liked. Yeah, they used depth very well. Yes. Um, it was nominated for Best Costume Design Black and White. Uh, I was all about the Hawaiian print shirts that were happening. <laughs> I am, in fact, wearing a floral print shirt right now in a uh, tribute. I wouldn't call it Hawaiian. It's not Hawaiian but... because I don't own a Hawaiian shirt. No but Aloha it's floral. shirts. <laughs> it is floral. It's interesting because I had always heard that Hawaiian shirts became popular after Elvis's movie Blue Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But this is, of course, before that. So I don't know if these popularized them in any way or if that was just like a thing that servicemen in Hawaii wore when they were, you know, on leave or something. And so they incorporated it into the movie. But they were awesome. I would guess the latter, especially given it, like they had some military consultants in the credits and everything. So I'm like, yeah, you know, they probably cleared. Some yeah, of they this. I'm sure I'm sure uh, it won for best film editing. I'm OK with I need to see the other films to decide if I'm like fully behind it, because there were some some of the editing felt very modern, which was interesting, especially the way they cut between different close ups to show reactions and um certain scenes like the one that stands out in my mind is the one in the madame's parlor in the not brothel yeah um i don't know if we can call her madam if it's not a brothel the not madam in the not brothel the owner of in- the club I don't- <laughs> um so that that was really good and i think some of the final scenes in uh during the attack were yeah. very well constructed mm-hmm. um and effective it was nominated for best score but did not win i the score was fine to me the only time it really shown was at the very end mm-hmm. it did a really nice job of like building tension but other than that i did not really notice the score that much the only other place i did was the like main well-known scene the beach the, scene. the beach scene yeah. kiss in the water and yeah there it was good yeah there you get it so it had it had some moments again um and it won for best sound recording Okay. I have, I have no idea how to judge sound yeah, recording. same. <laughs> um, okay, so other nominees from this year. Julius Caesar, The Robe, a personal favorite, Roman Holiday, <laughs> and Shane. And actually, so, you know, I mentioned that both Montgomery Clift and Burt Lancaster were nominated for Best Actor. Neither mm-hmm. of them won. William Holden won for Stalag 17, which is a phenomenal film as well. But he actually said that he thought either Clift or Lancaster should have won. Oh. And he gave one of the shortest Oscar speeches, acceptance speeches of all time, by simply just saying thank you. And Audrey Hepburn won for Best Actress, which is why Deborah Kerr did not get it. For a Roman Holiday? Oh, yeah. Okay. You've film. seen it, right? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm horrible. Ian, WTF. <laughs> God, it was on Netflix for the... Lo- mm, we'll take this offline. <laughs> okay, watch notes. <laughs> yes, okay, so we open. <laughs> I can't believe you've seen Roman Holiday. It's Gregory Peck and Audrey... Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's- sorry, hold on, let me... <sighs> gather your thoughts. Take some breaths. Just <laughs> Calm down. Resist <sighs> the urge to myself. throw me out of your apartment. <laughs> I've done it before and I'll do it again. <laughs> okay, so... We open up with Private Pruitt mm-hmm. kind of walking into this scene where they're doing all of their drills within this particular army base, and he's there to join the company. Yeah, he's looking for the captain, Captain Holmes. And I thought they did a nice job of like immediately setting up tension for us because yes. Captain Holmes isn't available to talk to him right away. So he goes to like shoot pool in this little rec room mm-hmm. to wait, and that's when Burt Lancaster's character, Sergeant Warden, comes in and is like, 
what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, you don't have time. Like, we don't have time to relax in this company until, like, after hours and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and basically kind of being an ass. And initially, I was like, Sergeant Warden is a dick. Well, and he... I he is, but he's not. Yes, he's I, a lovable. Dick. I ended up one eighteen. <laughs> what did I just say? Okay, <laughs> I get what you mean, though. I ended up one eighteen on his character, yeah. like super fast. Like he is very much comes across as kind of like this cold, efficient military officer. Mm-hmm. And but he's not an officer. That's a very well, important yes, point. <laughs> he's not an officer. He's a sergeant. He's a staff officer. Yeah. Um, that's what they were called, right? It's a non-com. He's a non-commissioned officer. Yes. yes. There you go. You got it. There we go. Oh, God. I was like going <laughs> back to word? like, I was like that initial he's a non-commissioned scene. officer, but mm-hmm. he, has a, he has authority. So it becomes very clear that he, Warden's the one really running this company because uh, Captain Holmes is off philandering and AWOL. Committing he's basically adultery. AWOL. No, he's not AWOL because he definitely has passes, but and he, I'm sure he's, he's getting He's not AWOL because he's in charge. Yes. <laughs> not for any other reason would be my well, assertion. No, because AWOL has a very specific meaning. So he's not AWOL, but he's right. not doing his due diligence to run the company. He's like, yeah. the company runs itself. Warden runs your company because mm-hmm. Warden's competent. He is. But he comes off as, you know, very... I thought so much that he was being set up as a villain. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was like, I love Warden so much, <laughs> which I love when movies do that to me. But they established that uh, Pruitt, he was bugler. He's a very good bugle- bugler. We're going to, oh God, I'm going to have to say that a lot this episode. He played horn, bugle. Specifically bugle. And he also was like the midweight boxing champ for his previous mm-hmm. company. And then he got transferred. And so the captain's like, you're going to box for us because we're going to win this year because they would within the service have like boxing competitions because mm-hmm. again this is set before pearl harbor so yes. the u.s isn't in the war there's definitely kind of this possibility of war looming mm-hmm. that they're making they, sure they're battle they ready but they're not like well and they foreshadow it. very nicely in the movie they do it enough to where you pick up on it and mm-hmm. you, like to help you kind of build the tension as you're watching um kind of these characters lives unfold but not enough to where you're like okay we get it you know i thought they did a nice job with it but there's kind of this like overarching thread of like there could be war soon but they're not Mm -hmm. in the war so they're still a peacetime military so they've got they need stuff to to do do. like other than just run drills exactly like you need entertainment you need stuff to do it kind of you know it's the idea of like an intramural team like it builds Mm -hmm. camaraderie but he doesn't want to box because apparently he injured someone very badly yeah we later find out that he blinded a guy Mm -hmm. Which I I did like this introduction with his like calm collectedness and his sticking to his like principled guns yeah. on that. So, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to fight. And Warden kind of tries to get him too because he's like, hey, you know, if you fight, it's easier on me. And you. And you. Because <laughs> if it's easier on me, it's going to be easier on you. If it's harder on me, it's going to be harder on yeah. you. Yeah. Basically, it sets up this pattern where mm-hmm. Pruitt's going to be treated very unfairly at, you know, everything yeah yes like he's just gonna be criticized called out be told like the rear sight on your gun that you put together so much faster than everyone else is off so like do it go again. do seven laps yeah or go do seven laps like they're they're hardcore punishing him mm-hmm. for not boxing and he knows it so yeah. that is kind of our our i would say there are three storylines in this and that's mm-hmm. kind of like our big one that i think we'll tackle first is yeah, the Pruitt yeah boxing one and then the introduction of maggio frank sinatra's character who is this kind of happy-go-lucky guy at first he seems kind of happy-go-lucky but also probably an alcoholic yes yes you start to see kind of a melancholy and a sadness kind of mm-hmm. bubbling up under that like 
more positive exterior and stuff, which again, I like layers to these characters. And I mm-hmm. like that, you know, we're saying probably an alcoholic because not at any time does anyone be like, man, Maggio is an alcoholic. We should stop him. Like they just kind of let it speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have that storyline. And then we have these two parallel love stories mm-hmm. that kind of weave in and out together. But we'll, we'll kind of that. tackle yeah. those separately, I think, and then talk about how they all come together mm-hmm. at the end. So in that initial scene with Captain Holmes too, I do want to call out how tidy the set design is in this film. So I appreciated all of the like accoutrement with boxing, like the trophy and all of the boxing photos mm-hmm. and all of that, that really s- drove home that point for how much the, like, Captain Holmes, Holmes wanted. About this. Exactly. He, Holmes also has this line because Holmes is, Holmes is one of our villains for sure. Yes. And um, there's this line he has after Pruitt says he doesn't want to fight that he says to Warden, he says, might as well say stop war because one man got killed. And I was like, well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Holmes. (laughs) Well, and then... That's that's the the point is that we don't want people dying. But that shows you just how disconnected Holmes is and Mm -hmm. how little he cares. And he cares about his rank and his promotions. And because he's really upset that he's like not getting this promotion, he thinks he's going to get it by like winning this boxing championship as if... It matters. And that's the thing that I... And it really... It's frustrating to see characters so self-unaware, But like, it, But like it's so... But you know people like that in real I life. Do. And yes. It's, <laughs> it, this is very much like an anti... It's got like an anti-authoritarian flavor to it, though I would say not an anti-military flavor to it because we see competent mm-hmm. people. Like we see warden mm-hmm. who is this really competent guy well and, and we ultimately see some competent people above captain yes that was Holmes. actually a change from the book i am so okay with that change really <laughs> yes <laughs> because in the book holmes gets promoted and transferred out and the army was like we want this changed and zinnemann hated that he was like it's the worst scene in the film i hated it really and i actually Mostly, so it depends I on which direction you want to take. I'm, I'm okay with it because I like seeing a villain get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's also like, I don't know what to call it, but like the, the idea of it's like, yeah, people like that don't always get punished. Mm-hmm. They don't always get what they deserve, and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, and I would still say failing even, upward. Yeah, yeah. I I would still say even though we didn't get that more well, arguably more realistic ending where he doesn't actually get uh, beaten down for his misconduct. I still think it worked in the totality of the film. Yeah, it was fine. Like it didn't, it didn't ruin anything. Yeah, it didn't materially change the other characters. But I think the the main thing with the boxing storyline that we get is a whole bunch of hazing. Mm -hmm. And I actually did like how they filmed most of this. Well, and Holmes Um, also, yeah, they do it very efficiently, mm -hmm. very quickly. It's, little montage well the the shots that they use and how they compose the frames around uh pruitt specifically and i think it's just very taking effective. it too because yeah. he's not gonna fight like he knows mm-hmm. what they want from him and he's not gonna give it to them and i like that holmes holmes wants to like send him to the stockade yeah for no reason like no reason other than he won't box for him mm-hmm. and warden steps in insubordination yeah yes and warden steps in and is like very kind of deftly handles Holmes where he's like, yes, sir, I'll draw up those papers. But like, do you really want to do that, sir? Like he's such a good boxer and like the championships will be coming up soon. If you and put him in the stockade, like, that's when I started liking. Same, same where 
Warden, I feel like in that position, he's in a little bit of an impossible position. Mm -hmm. So instead he's like, I can just double the punishment. But like, he's also nice to Pruitt at various points. Well, I think in that initial scene, he, he understands that he has to do something because it was ordered by his captain. Yeah. When I think initially he's kind of like, I don't understand why this guy won't fight. And then like, as it goes on and on, he's like, okay, Holmes is being ridiculous about this. Like, like you want the guy to fight and he won't fight Hazem a little, but like, do not like, you can't send somebody to the stockade for that. Right. Especially because we find out who the sergeant in charge of the stockade is. I love Ernest Borgnine. I hated seeing him as a villain, <laughs> but like, damn, what a good villain. Oh, yeah. So I think Jordan, we get the his name. a Sergeant little bit Jordan. of an introduction at the not brothel. Yes, because um, Maggio and Pruitt become close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggio takes Pruitt to this private club he's a member of, <laughs> aka what we're calling the not brothel. I'm just going to call it the not brothel because I want to drive that point home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I don't think, you know, I hate that they have to make that change for the code. I don't think it sacrificed any of the storyline. Agreed. Like, I think it would have been basically the exact same storyline. I think maybe it didn't have the same punch with Lorraine. 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 I'm sorry. Lorraine from a perfume ad. Slash Alma. I just know her as yeah, Alma. Her, her um, actual name is Alma. But Maggio wants to, like, dance to some modern music while Sergeant Jordan is, you know, playing away at the piano. Some older timey stuff yeah. that we're kind of like, okay, this is fine. And he kind of argues with Jordan. Jordan throws a lot of racial slurs his way uh-huh. because Maggio is Italian. And there still at that time was, like, a huge... Um, Anti-immigrant, anti-Italian... Maggio goes to fight him. Ernest Borgnine looks like he could snap Frank Sinatra in two over his knee. He really could. Frank Sinatra looked like scary thin in this film. He's he's a, he was always a slight guy. Like he's not a big guy, and he's in this film next to Montgomery Clift, who's also not huge, but is like at least tall, and Burt Lancaster, who's built like a fucking tank, and <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, who is a larger guy. So like. Frank Sinatra looks very small, but it works for Maggio's character. It does, because he's supposed to be small and scrappy, and it, like, exactly. aids in that Yeah, and so he goes to fight him. Um, Pruitt steps in. Thank goodness. Yeah, because he, and he's, at the time, had been talking to Lorraine. And we'll get into kind of their love story, I mm-hmm. think, a little bit separately, because I, I actually want to talk a lot about Lorraine's character, and there mm-hmm. were some things I really, really loved about it. Um, and there were a couple problems I had with Pruitt's handling of some stuff. Well, yeah. But um, Their interactions. Yeah, Pruitt steps in. But it's already set up this contention mm-hmm. between Jordan and Maggio, and they continue to butt heads and actually, again, almost get into a fight. And Warden steps in, and I loved this. But because this is when Jordan pulled a switchblade. Jordan pulls a switchblade, yeah. and I love when Warden steps in and just it like breaks that bottle. Is like, you want to go? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because he tries to. Well, Maggio starts it, hits uh, Jordan over a head with a stool or a chair or something. <laughs> I love that he just grabs um, the chair and just. And it was because Jordan, Jordan had like picked up his uh, Maggio's photo fa- and like kissed it and, and says some shitty lewd things stuff about his sister. Yes, which I appreciate the like moxie of Maggio to try. I and love go how after calm him. he was, where he just grabs he the chair and just. Yes. But then we get this switchblade, which like immediately that was such a good choice for Jordan because we understand exactly how he plays. Yes, and that and that it's not just that he fights; he fights dirty. Exactly, and he will in like kind of sneakily and all mm-hmm. that stuff, which is super. Which important. 
Exactly. And Warden tries to reason with him, but has to break the bottle to actually defuse the situation. Yes. So um, that. And Warden takes the knife, or no, the knife is dropped on the floor. Pruitt picks it mm-hmm. up. That becomes important later. Oh, yes. Chekhov's knife. <laughs> So that scene happens kind of mid midpoint in the film, um, and we get some additional like hazing shots. It goes on forever mm-hmm. and ever, and kind of peaks at this one and fight. We've had several scenes with Maggio drunk at this point because I feel like yes. this is important to kind of what we're leading up to. Mm-hmm. We get the impression that he, when he goes out, he like goes hard in the yes. paint. Um, and leads up to the... And Maggio's a little bit of an outsider in the company as mm-hmm. well, um, which is why he and Pruitt bond. Yes. And so for Maggio's character, it kind of comes to a head where he actually goes off dar- guard duty. He's like the last enlisted man available. And, yeah, the, basically the... the um, you should have dressed faster. Yeah, yeah he's, like, <laughs> he's like, why me? And the guy's like, well, you should have gotten dressed faster because everyone else has left yeah. to go into town on their pass. Mm-hmm. Maggio gets stuck on guard duty. And but I kind of want to be like, how did you not have somebody available on guard duty? Do you not have like a schedule or a rotation? Like where's this other guy? Yeah. Maybe he was sick. He was Maybe, in the Oh, I think they say he's sick. Yeah. So they need somebody else. Mm-hmm. So Magic got stuck doing it. He's really pissed about it. But he leaves guard duty and then gets rip roaring drunk. Wasted. And so that is what being AWOL is, is mm-hmm. that he left without a pass. He's yeah. supposed to be on guard duty, which is very serious. Yeah. They're not in wartime. In wartime, but it's even more principle. serious. But it, but it is serious. It's the idea that, like, hey, you were supposed to be doing this mm-hmm. important thing, and instead you just left, and there's no one doing this important thing now, and you are hoisted. Yeah, he ends up meeting this, Pruitt. The scene and cracked me up. It was so well was shot too down the down the bar to oh, the bar t- they have yeah, this beautiful this shot um down the bar and he rolls i think a couple olives like they're dice snake eyes <laughs> yeah it's so funny and <laughs> Frank sinatra plays a very good drunk he does he does i um, wonder if he has experience i believe <laughs> the entire rat pack were known as heavy drinkers <laughs> <laughs> but the scene that I, I i actually really liked pruitt trying to get maggio back to the company yeah well and when he we... shows up and he even tells because mm-hmm. he and Alma slash Lorene. Okay, should we just call her Donna Reed? I like Alma. Alma. Okay, it's we'll call so her Alma. sweet and wholesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the point, though. I know. <laughs> um, and they've had a bit of a fight. Um, he, she, you know, meets him at this bar. Uh, Maggio shows up, and when they realize, kind of, when he's like, "Why are you still in uniform?" and Maggio tells him, "Like, I was on guard duty, but I fucking left." He's like, "Oh, you're shit. an idiot." Yeah, like that's stu- like that is a line that you cannot cross. Like that right. is a stupid move. And he basically like looks at Alma and he's like, "I have to take care of this." She's like, "Yeah," because <laughs> she also <laughs> understands. Yeah, like she gets it. She's like, "Yeah, you do have to take care of this." So yeah, we there's find this, you Maggio know, like half undressed on a bench because he was asleep. gonna go because he was near the resort where all the movie stars stay because yeah. he wanted to go swimming with a movie star. Oh my goodness! But they and Pruitt goes to try and like get him up, get him a taxi, but the MPs come and grab him. Yes, which. The way he fought back against the MPs was cracking me up because I'm like, you, this guy could probably take down Jordan. Like, oh yeah, the MPs. Let's be honest here. <laughs> uh, but that leads to court martial, and he is in the stockade. And I like, I like that we don't see the court martial. I, I like do that too. we see everyone gathered around Warden's desk, mm-hmm. waiting to hear about the court martial. Yeah. It turns out he got like what four months or something in the stockade. Yeah, something along that lines. Yeah, but we um, see the shot of him being led into the stockade 
oh, and into the Jordan's office. This was, amazing. this was one of the moments when I was like, that's cinematography. Mm-hmm. Because he's led into Jordan's office and the camera is behind Jordan, like very close behind Jordan. Mm-hmm. And we see Maggio in front of the desk. Jordan stands up and on there's a billy club on the desk and we just see jordan slowly grab the billy club and yep. no and so there was a bit of a change with jordan's character from the book mm-hmm. in the book i believe it's framed i haven't read the book so i can't say for sure but from what i was reading it's framed a little bit more like jordan's abuse of maggio is influenced by kind of like military policy and so he's getting a beating because that is what you do when somebody does X, Y, and Z. Yes, and not as much by Jordan just being psycho. And the filmmakers also actually liked the change. And I agree, mm-hmm. too. The idea that it, you just have like this psychopath Jordan, yep. I think, works better than it being like, oh. I'm just doing my Dewey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, like, I want to hate Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it makes stuff that comes later like more important because our hatred of Jordan by proxy leads to more of our love for Prue, more of our love for Warden. It mm-hmm. makes us, you know, really feel for Maggio. And I, and it amplifies Maggio's death so yes, much. Yes. And I don't think that you lose any of the commentary by doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the idea that you still have this psychopath Jordan and like this shitty guy Holmes mm-hmm. in charge is still a commentary on the fact that like, hey, guess what? System's not perfect. Yeah. Shitty people can be in positions yeah. of power. Yeah. Like I think it's it still has the same sort of social commentary. And mm-hmm. I, I think it makes for more interesting characters yeah. for sure. I did. I did like that. Again, with this like hazing storyline, there is a really fun scene. Well, fun is maybe not the right word. I liked the scene mm-hmm. in the actual boxing gym. We're probably going a little bit out of order here, but hey, That's it's fine. it's more of this hazing ritual. So you have this Pruitt. is this is where Holmes wants to throw Pruitt into the stockade. The insubordination happens when the guys of the boxing gym oh, and he's take over getting, the bucket yep. while Pruitt's cleaning the floors, and they're like, "Clean it up." clean it up and he's like no i'm not gonna do that because they were two spit buckets that the one there was so much spit in them. sergeant what's his face the, yeah, there was so much spit there in was bucket. and it was like like dark chewing tobacco spit it was so gross yeah it was not Ugh. great and so i was like you tell him pruitt but also at the well, same time that's not how the army works yeah like, yeah you, <laughs> like i appreciate like being just emotionally done and being like i don't want to do this anymore well, but also, i don't much like, like being spit on <laughs> no one that does line was great. it was a good line but like no one does prove it but it's the same time this and this was kind of one issue i had with pruitt's character a little bit is he's he's a career guy for the mm-hmm. army he's, he's like you know i left home at 17 i was lost i didn't know what to do so i went to the army and i like found this place that worked for me which but he's like principled to a fault in that sense like but like it's the idea that he's like i like i'm in it for life like i'm a 30 year i'm mm-hmm. career army which is great. And like, I liked having a backstory where he's, cause he doesn't seem like an army guy. I liked mm. having this backstory where like he was lost and the army provided him like this structure and this life and this yep. opportunity he needed. But at the same time, if you've chosen the army as your career, <laughs> you can't be just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like you, no. you kind of have to even live if in it that is system. Bullshit, like you still have to yeah i was like i don't understand why you chose this as a career if you're just like no and like and if if when somebody like a new bugler gets brought in who like is made first bugle and you're no longer first bugle even though you think you're better like and you're like i'm transferring like i there were just some inconsistencies there where i was like you've 
you've chosen this system because you said it was good for you, but you have a lot of problems with this system you've chosen. Well, and again, it's like... And I mean, nothing's perfect. Like, you can love your job and still also get really frustrated with it. But like, there were just some inherent thing issues that Pruitt had around following orders. Right. Well, and again, to me, it was you are principled to a fault. Like you, I mean, it's it's the injustice of yeah, it all exactly. was what was getting him, which I agree. And like, yeah, like they shouldn't, Holmes should not be able to pull that shit. No. And as Holmes's superiors later tell him when they kick him out of the army or force his resignation yeah. is like, you can't do this shit. But like at the same time, like, there was just a couple of things where I was like, like you, you, the abuse of power is wrong and you should say something, but there are official channels for you to say something mm-hmm. that you're and not you taking that you should something. be taking if you want it to stop. You, like, I don't know. There were there were definitely channels that people were like, hey, Pruitt, you know, you can complain to these people about this unfair treatment. And he was like, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. Instead, the one that's I'm just going to be insubordinate so that they can then court martial me. Like, you know, there was yeah, like, it didn't make sense. There were some logical fallacies in there. So the same sergeant that kicked over the spit buckets ends up picking a fight with Pruitt in the yard while he is weeding. As yeah, part and of that's his when it, Pruitt's like, I'm, I'm fighting again. And yes. at first, he won't hit him in the face, which they comment on. They're like, well, it's because he blinded a guy, right? Yeah. And then somebody comes in and tells Warden about it, and they're like, Are you going to do something? And he's like, No. Well, and then the captain just sits there and watches. Yes, but like the thing with Warden is he's I, you get the feeling from Warden that he's not going to go do something because he's like he's yeah. defending himself. Like let it happen. Like he's also going through some personal stuff at the time. Warden's yes. a little just like done. Um, but the captain goes out not be- to stop this fight to watch to watch, and that's when a couple of his superiors are like, "Why? Which is- captain is that? Yeah, which captain is that? And why isn't he stopping this?" And Holmes is just. Like, kind of outside the mm-hmm. ring around the fight, just, like, smiling away. I think my note there was, like, ah, oh, yes, finally somebody's noticing. I know. Yes, you're, like, good. <laughs> About time. Good. Um, um, but, but I did love how the men came to Pruitt's defense in that fight, Oh, though, yeah. They because they tried to print it on, pin it on Pruitt. And they're, like, no. No, no, no. Like, Pruitt's not the one who started it. This guy started it. Like, and... But then no punishment happened. So it's just, like, really? Yeah. So, anyway. But... We did kind of right before the fight started, we kind of get an important aside from this one guy who had been in the stockade and basically mm-hmm. is like, Jordan's a sadist. Hope <laughs> Maggio's okay. And we're all like, oh, Maggio's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think b- before we switch to some of the other other storylines, I think- we, ha- we need to go over kind of, I think Maggio's death. But yeah, that that was the last scene, scene that I think that we need to. This really, is my favorite scene in this. Entire I did really movie. like this one. They are all so drunk. <laughs> they are. So you have Warden and Pruitt, Pruitt sitting in the middle of a road, of, yes, drunk. Pruitt finds <laughs> Warden sitting in the middle of the road, drunk, and that's when we're we're gonna break down kind of the two love stories mm-hmm. more separately. But um, Warden has been carrying on an affair with Holmes's wife Karen, mm-hmm. and he's being pressured from her to apply to be an officer because he like, doesn't Warden's, want to be an officer though. he doesn't want to be an officer because he's so afraid he'll become like Holmes mm-hmm. and I love I love that from Warden and again from like a guy who at the beginning I was like I'm gonna hate this character I was like I love this character so much because as competent he's so clearly the most competent person oh, yeah. he around. should be captain he should like, 100% come on. be an officer he would make a phenomenal officer but he's got like this internal insecurity mm-hmm. that's holding him back and he, 
I love that his fear, like his biggest fear about it is like, not that he's not good enough to be an officer, but that he'll be a bad officer and he's dealt with a bad officer and he doesn't want to be the bad officer. Like he, he's so afraid of becoming Holmes. But he's not going to be he a bad though, officer. He won't And I, I want to be like, Warden, the fact that you're worried about becoming Holmes Such a means good sign. you won't become Holmes. Exactly. But like I, that scene was so well shot and the two of them have, I mean, all of the drunk acting in this movie is top notch. Well, and it's clear that Warden actually does care about Pruitt's well-being. He cares about Pruitt. He cares about the men in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you love yeah. Warden by this point. Like, this Even is though when he's I was like, gruff, I'm, he does it for the yes, right reasons. I was like, I'm all in on Warden. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. I love this character. And just the shots of them sitting in the road and they're talking about, like, what was it? That, um, Pruitt goes what happens if a car comes or something and warden goes then we die like one of them says that <laughs> and like, the whole thing like you have more to live for than i do oh do, but i but do i but do i <laughs> yeah oh it's so good um and so this this heartwarming scene is interrupted by a car it does a, come it does and it's the um the guy that's in charge of like the ammunition and all of the bedding and bedrooms he's and like equipment. get out of the road and they're like yeah. leave us alone we're bonding <laughs> but this is when we get a very disheveled, very injured Maggio mm-hmm. coming around the corner. And which they had foreshadowed lie, like, earlier that he had been saying he was going to escape mm-hmm. and that like they had thrown him in solitary for a really long time and it kind of cracked him and that he was being beaten really mm-hmm. badly. Like where it wouldn't show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we get the impression that he was beaten really bad. He regales us with his story of escape, which he fell off a truck. Yep. And he, I think it but was he, the same truck that just drove up. But he also says, He's like, you know, I fell out of the truck and you should have seen me bounce. <laughs> His sense of humor. He also talks about how he's like, Warden beat me really bad yesterday. And yeah. I, like, worse no, than he Jordan, ever had. Jordan, Jordan, not Warden. Not Warden. God damn it. No, we like Warden, Warden. We love Warden. Warden would <laughs> never. I'm so sorry. My apologies to Burt Lancaster. My apologies to Burt Lancaster's family. My apologies to the fictional Captain Warden. Or not Captain. I'm assuming he's a captain. No, I'm promoting him. He better be a captain I'm promoting him. Captain of our hearts. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Jordan beat him really bad. Jordan beat him really bad. And he, like, in the gut, kind of implicating that, like, he He probably probably did some really bad organ damage. You know, my dad has a funny line that he says, that it's all fun and games until someone bursts a spleen. It's true. (laughs) Well, so I'm diagnosing Maggio with a burst spleen. I love it. In my totally, absolutely 100% medical opinion. Yes. That you were definitely, definitely qualified to make. Yeah, not. And by definitely, definitely qualified, I mean absolutely not at all. Yes. (laughs) So not to make light of it, because this was kind of sad, because it was like, I thought it was a good death scene. It was a really good death scene. Very poignant. And both Pruitt and Warden are extremely upset. And Pruitt's like, got this look on his face, I'm going to fucking kill Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Warden's like, careful there, buddy. How about we not? Let's go back to bonding drunkenly you. in the road. <laughs> um, this actually is another change from the book. I want to point mm-hmm. out in the book, Maggio survives and um, I think is discharged. But there are some other characters that are in the stockade, and one of them mm-hmm. dies. So they kind of rolled those characters into Maggio's, and I and think it works so much better because we are attached we to Maggio. Yeah. We have stakes in Maggio. We have stakes in his friendship with these other characters, and we there's have been so many movies where you and I have been like they should have cut that character, they should have cut that plot, or like you can just combine those characters. They did that in this. This is yeah. the perfect example of being like. Well, and not gonna lie. In the very beginning, I was like, who the hell is this Maggio person? Why is he in this film? And you and were like, we love it. him. <laughs> yeah. But like, that is such a good example of what a good adaptation does mm-hmm. as far as like 
you cut the characters you don't need. You can but roll you some characters in. in. Yes, it. you keep the spirit of the character, or you can roll two characters into one and still mm-hmm. make the same point. I I just think that's such a good change. So again, I think the changes that they made from the book are by and large for the right reasons mm. and done without sacrificing any of the integrity yeah. of the film. Agreed. So this scene is key though, because we find, well, one, we get a beautiful taps from Pruitt. Using the mouthpiece that he used mm-hmm. when he played at, at Armistice Arlington. Day. Yeah, Armist- Arlington. Ar- Arlington. Armistice Again, Day in Arlington. In Arlington. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of A words. Um, but that scene, I think, was so well shot. So cried. Uh, yeah. And yeah. they've got these beautiful close-ups of just like the tear rolling mm-hmm. down his face. Um, and then the everyone is just listening. Stopped. And I love that Warden just turns off his desk lamp. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was beautifully beautifully done yes that probably my favorite set of well favorite scene set of shots in the whole movie i think it's up there for like sure. um and this finally leads to pruitt trying to get revenge yes so he Which, waits for talk about Jordan. another beautifully shot oh my scene. god this one was so good oh my god <laughs> um, maybe favorite shot in the film favorite shot up. yes he runs into jordan coming out of the not brothel and it is like hey can we uh, talk down this alley? And Jordan's like, yeah, man, sure. Because it's like Jordan has no beef with Pruitt, weirdly. Which surprises me. I mean, me. I don't know. Like, he never really knew Pruitt. He never really had contact with him. All he would have known Pruitt as is the guy who stopped him from beating up Maggio that one time in the not brothel. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they go down this alley, and Pruitt's going to fight him. Mm-hmm. Jordan pulls a switchblade. Pruitt pulls the Jordan's, Jordan's lost switch. switchblade <laughs> like, that he picked up after the Maggio fight. And I, he's basically like, I was expecting this from you. And then there's knife fighting. And I have a note that I was like, neither of them are very good at knife fighting. But also that adds to the realism of it for me. It really does. And just just for the record, because we've gone like this whole episode, it's the new Congress Club. Oh, it is the new, con- the yes. new Congress Club. <laughs> so anyway, but the, it's a very, very scrappy fight. And what I loved that they did is they had them both go behind a set of like boxes barrels. and barrels. They're like barrels. boxes and barrels. And yeah, they both go around. We see a just little Pruitt's bit of foot. foot struggling and then the foot disappears and we just hear struggling and then we hear it kind of stop and we have no idea who's won. Right. The first person we see is jordan well and i like the way they do this though because jordan stands up with his back to camera and oh by the way the whole time they're scrapping behind the barrels you have the barrels taking up most of the left hand side of the screen Mm -hmm. but you can see down the alley that they came down and there's just people walking on the street yep so this entire scrappy pretty brutal Mm -hmm. knife fight is happening and you have these people just going about their day like i loved that juxtaposition and the separation and (laughs) the shot was beautiful Oh, but anyway, so we see one person stand up. Mm-hmm. It's Jordan with his back to camera. So for a minute, you're like, oh, oh, shit, did Jordan win? He turns around. He's been knifed in the gut, and he falls over dead. But Pruitt comes up, also been knifed in the gut. Yeah, but much less. Like, I thought that gut injuries didn't kill you that fast. He must have nicked his spleen. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh about this. No, it's... <laughs> Spleen might be the only gut organ you know the name of. And so you just keep being like, it must be the spleen. You're like a medieval doctor that it's like, oh, just it must put a be, leech on it. Yeah. Like his humors are out of order. It's the humor. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> but moral of the story, Jordan dies. Yes. And, Good riddance. And honestly, I was kind of like, oh, is Prue going to die too? I don't know how I would have felt about that because I also liked the end of the film. I don't know. I had some conflicted feelings. I would have been okay with Prue dying. I think I would have been okay with it. They would have had to change some stuff up, but I think yes. I would have been okay with it. But I'm also fine with it, him not dying, you mm-hmm. know? Well, because he does choice. die anyway. <laughs> yes, just not at this yeah. time. Yes. Um, because he shows up super wounded at Alma's place. She and her roommate are like, the what the fuck? hell? And so he just stays there, is AWOL for three days, whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the headlines, they're like, can't find who killed this sergeant. Yep foreshadowing i think alma knows alma knows oh, alma definitely knows has zero problems with it but definitely knows we'll talk about that scene in a minute yeah but um the final like tragic ending to pruitt's whole arc is that kind of the way that i saw this is the the fight with the other sergeant where he finally started boxing and then the way he avenged maggio was like a okay fuck it i'm done i'm throwing away anything that i believed in and just going all in now yeah. Is kind of how I saw that development go. And so when we hear that Pearl Harbor happens, that's when he tries to run and find his but it was like, also, squadron. I, I feel like Pruitt's character arc is this kind of loner guy mm-hmm. who cares about kind of these petty things and is like an, I'm not going to fight back because I'm not going to give them the satisfaction. Yeah. It's like, it's like a pacifism, but like a almost a mis... I kind of want to say almost a misplaced pacifism. It's a very selfish pacifism. Yes. That's a better word for it. It is very selfish pacifism and kind of this like martyrish... Yeah, which I'm kind of like, come on, dude. Bent to it. And then becoming someone who really cares about these other people. Mm-hmm. You know, he had said previously that he was like a career man in the army and i was like i don't think that necessarily fits with what we've seen i think it fits better that idea fits better with end pruitt Mm -hmm. than beginning pruitt so maybe if beginning pruitt he had been like i'm doing this because i don't know what else i would do to it being end pruitt being like i'm doing this because i actually care about these people and i care about this thing well and see i see it as a he thought he wanted to be a career man, so he said he wanted to be a career man, but now he actually is a career man. Well, and, and the irony is he dies before he can do it. Yeah, well, and the well, the irony is, like, now a lot of people are about to be part of the military, and it isn't about whether you're in it for the career yeah. or not anymore. Like, you're actually fighting a war because, mm-hmm. surprise, we've actually been attacked. Yeah. Like, it's... But yeah, and the tragedy is he kind of... He's not in uniform, so he gets either. shot by his own men. Yeah. Well, his fellow men, I yeah. should say. So he, um, he gets shot and he dies and it's hard I, on warden. Oh my God. So I actually loved this because I think so much of this movie, again, you know, with the idea that everything that like Holmes has cared about and so many of them have cared about around mm-hmm. having Pruitt fight for this boxing championship, there's not going to be a boxing yeah. championship now. Oh, and doesn't he say something like you wouldn't fight, but now it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Basically in being like, great. This guy went through all that shitty stuff mm-hmm. for nothing. For nothing. For yeah. absolutely nothing, because this bigger thing has happened that is now going to change everyone's lives. Yeah. And then I like the warden's sad, but at the same time, he's like, move them, get back to your positions, because, again, there's something bigger going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it we, sucks that Pruitt's dead, but later. we can't, yeah, you can't, you can't deal with that right now. You have to deal with the freaking Japanese planes that are strafing your barracks. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked that, and I felt that it was 
very fitting. It was, yes, and very in character. Yes. Um, and speaking of a little bit of foreshadowing, I just wanted to like highlight a couple of things that they happen. Like they have Warden kind of earlier before that is leaning against the wall and there's a calendar that says December 6th. Mm-hmm. And then they talk and about Pearl it Harbor, being Sunday you, morning. Especially if you know, and I, I feel like more people in 53 were probably aware of the mm-hmm. date than necessarily people are today, but I would say it's still a very well-known date. So yes. if you know that Pearl Harbor is on December 7th, you're like... Oh, about to hit the fan. it's gonna happen. So it's like, and then they have like a road sign at one point, and it says just Pearl Harbor and like uh-huh. the direction of it. So like, we as an audience know it's coming, and it I thought did a really nice job of like layering on mm-hmm. this tension without doing it too thickly. No, that's the thing. When when the new captain came in after the old one was removed, and we have Warden talking with uh, Karen, and he leans against the wall. I was like, oh god. I know this is going to happen. This was not, the calendar was not so subtle for me, but then when it continued, the tension it built though was so good. Well, it's okay. So the thing is like, I, I, I thought it was pretty subtle. Because, like, we're focused mostly on Warden, Mm -hmm. and I, I just happened to glance at the calendar, and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's something that I think you could miss, but I I think that it's there, and it builds the tension nicely. Uh, Speaking of Warden and Karen, I think we should transition to... The love stories. The love let's stories. Let's do it. Um, do we want to start with Warden and Karen yeah, or Alma and Pruitt? Because they're the first. talking about Pruitt. We could, um, yeah, let's let's do Alma and Pruitt. Because okay. I, I think it, it fits more with kind of the storyline at the end. With yeah. Him. So, yeah, because the Karen-Warden um, relationship is the one that really is kind of separate from mm-hmm. On purpose others. and yes. effectively. Yes. So, um, again, meets Loreen slash Alma yes. at the new Congress Love Club, aka sight, the Not Black Brothel. eyes across the room. I like that there's the other hostess who, for some reason, we never quite find out why, but does not like Loreen is trying to introduce him to these other yeah. girls, and he has eyes. Only oh, but for that Lorraine. hostess, I loved. She took no shit, and oh, she's uh, great. She's perfect. My favorite character of that part of the film. Period. She's fine. <laughs> the background characters were very strong. Yeah, they were good. Very strong. Um, and so poor naive Pruitt is like, let me talk to Lorene and be like, wait for me while I go break oh up my this God. fight. And then he gets mad when she comes, but not even mad. He's like hurt when he comes back. He's like, I thought you were going to wait. And she's talking to this brat. other. God. Dude, you just met this girl. Her fucking job is to talk to guys. Like, well, and she flat out says it. Yes. Like, I am was, working. Which was, I was like, I love you so much, Lorene. <laughs> because she says it. She's like, dude, this they is my job. They pay me to be job. nice to everyone. Yeah. Like I don't think you're special i mean there is like kind of a special connection there and they end up going and talking the private apartment for special guests and then maggio comes in and there's like a lovely scene with the three of them Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was like pruitt what's your problem like this is her job like how you you just one you just met this woman two you met her her place of work three her job is literally to be nice and talk to men like you got up Somebody else swooped in, and yeah. she is going to sit there and listen to this guy talk about surfing. But they only he say was insufferable, but still, <laughs> I think he's insufferable. I was I more mad. Was at, I was more but mad I was at pissed at Pruitt. I, I didn't like either of them in that scene, to be honest. As in, like, lit- not that I didn't like their performances. I didn't like no, no, them no, as I people. Didn't like the, I didn't like what Pruitt was doing. I was like, Pruitt, you got to be kidding me. And he does it later when they get in a fight again at her place of work. After he's been not there for, like, weeks. Weeks and weeks because, like, no one's been giving, like, they haven't given him, mm-hmm. like, leave. leave in months. And he Warden finally gets him leave. And he's like, Lorraine is so reasonable in yes, all of this. Yes. And I, oh, and Pruitt's just being an ass because he's like, but it could be months before I get leave again. Like, come hang out with me at this other bar. And she's like, I'm working. This is my job. And I, 
it's either then or earlier where she kind of lays out that she has this plan. She was from a small mm-hmm. town in Oregon. It was the it, first scene when they went in the apartment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she comes from a family that's not well off. And she was talking to this girl who was saying that she had worked in Hawaii and she made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so her plan is to go there, work Hawaii in Hawaii for like two years, the club for like two years, make a lot of money, go back, build her mama house and like mm-hmm. then marry someone respectable. Her whole thing is like, if you marry someone respectable, you become respectable. You become respectable, and if you're respectable, you're safe. Yeah. And I feel like it really Which, highlights remember this. that because yes. her ending is yes. perfect oh, for this. Oh, it's so good. It really kind of sets up this sort of emotional detachedness that mm-hmm. she has. That then, of course, she well, softens that towards has Pruitt an later. interesting conflict, though. Because she ends up bringing Pruitt to her home, introduces him to her roommate. And so it's it, it feels like it's they like have she, like... A, a moving forward relationship like this. It's like she has this connection with Pruitt that she's also kind of fighting Mm -hmm. because it interferes with her plan. Right. Because, and again, they don't go super heavy on explaining her backstory. Like they give you kind of the low rundown, but by her line of being with like, I want to be respectable because Mm -hmm. then if you're respectable, you're safe. You get the idea that she has had a rough time. Well, and she's from Oregon, which small town, Oregon. Yeah. So especially like, the western side of the state sorry eastern side of the state like if she's from kind of those areas like it was rough and tumble so like they give us such a clear idea of her background without having to go super in detail with it which i really really liked Mm -hmm. um and i thought donna Reed did such a great job yeah i i did really like her performance and some of the ways they shot her and lighted her especially in the private parlor were just like well in her fight with pruitt that's when it comes out that like her Mm -hmm. name isn't actually loreen it's alma Alma. (laughs) she's like it's alma whatever like it's fine like we changed it Mm -hmm. because like it sounded better Mm -hmm. but i did love speaking of this respectability part so they've they've been kind of semi seeing each other it comes down to them kind of being like very husband and wifey and she has this line about it's not like being married it's better (laughs) because he says it's like being married yeah and this is when they have the fight about respectable and she's like i don't want to marry an army man i want to be respectable and have a respectable house and respectable family and be respectable keep a respectable home like she hammered this but i love the look on her face as she's saying that because as she's saying it it sounds like she hates it like she looks like she hates it there's not a lot of emotion in it it's like she's just like this is the plan this was the plan this is what i'm going to do because of this this and this like there's yeah there's so little emotion in it and what emotion there is it's like a little bit of derision at herself Mm -hmm. For having this plan because, like, clearly she likes Pruitt a lot. And I yes. I love that conflict there. Mm-hmm. And I I loved that character and I thought she was so interesting and different. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Now, I didn't really like the scene when she was harboring Pruitt. And I... I and that's really because I think her reaction to him leaving was, like, out of character big. I'm- Kind of okay with it because we've seen her softening towards him a little bit. We had the scene where she's describing her plan and does not mm-hmm. seem enthusiastic about it so much anymore. And also, things have changed now. Mm-hmm. Like, it is now life or death. Like Yes, it's Pruitt, like wartime. Yeah, it is wartime, so a lot of stuff has changed. A lot of stuff, more stuff is going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just been through something really traumatic. They were feeling the bombs at yeah. her house. Like, they don't know what's safe. There's and he's some information, but not a lot coming over the radio. Yeah, he's injured. She does care about him. Mm-hmm. He's running away. It's basically like a, 
okay, before when I was saying that I'm never going to see you again or that like this isn't going to last, like that is conceptually this isn't going to last. It will end one day. It's kind of my choosing my terms to, oh, you're running off into the middle of a bombing to go back to your company that you've been AWOL from. So I like might never see you again ever. Like, I don't know. There seemed to be like a finality to it to where I was like, I'm okay with her reaction. Mm -hmm. Like I'll buy it. Like it's not perfect, but I'm willing to buy into it. I will buy into a heavily emotional reaction. I I agree. I, well, it's fine. I just wish it was like a tad less. (laughs) (laughs) You're so picky. I know I am. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But his (laughs) his line at the end there with, I have, I got to turn off the lights because there's a blackout. That was savage. When she's asking him not to go and he's just like, I'm going to have to turn off the lights. And then it's just hold on her face as he turns up like, it was beautiful. That was really good. Really, really good. And then he goes and dies. Yes. He has to go off and get himself killed, which is literally But honestly, I mean, is that really a world that Pruitt's going to be able to live in? No. No. Not respectable or even in the army at this point. Like, come on. Character. I mean, it was the end to his arc. Yeah. Um, but the final scene. No, no, let's wait for the well, final scene until we go through I the don't Karen. Want to talk Warden. about her respectable. We will bring. Okay, it up fine. <laughs> because the final scene is Karen and Alma, and we it need is. to and talk about Karen. Leaving. So, so Karen. our kind of third thread, and like we were saying, this is the one that's a little bit more separate from all the mm-hmm. others, and that is the Karen Warden affair. So <laughs> you make it sound like an entry in a history book. <laughs> um, because it should go down in the history books. It is amazing. So very, very early on on there is this beautiful shot where karen goes in to see her husband captain holmes mm-hmm. and you have warden and this other officer talking about her which i kind of want to be like guys come on yeah they're being don't like, be such a voyeur she's so hot and all this shit oh but then warden says i've seen better so like that was interesting he just says that because he's feeling emotions he doesn't want to cope with he doesn't like emotions but this is when we we're not sure <laughs> at this point like i didn't still did not like warden yeah same um, and there's this beautiful shot of close, you have the guys in the foreground mm-hmm. cameras kind of not quite behind them, but angled a little on them. And you see Karen walking out of the office and Coming she starts to right slow. And then she realizes that the, they're watching her. She looks at them for a moment and then goes over to them to ask where her husband is. Yes. And that's when we get the first little bit of like Karen Warden interaction. And we're like, ah, I see. There's some interest there. And this was where I loved Deborah Kerr's performance, like in this scene and the next one following it, especially like the amount of like thought that seems to be going on behind her stare at Warden yeah. is just like, I don't, I don't know how you actually do that. There's a lot of, but yes. it was beautiful. Yes. She has this great way of doing this very, like these long calculated looks. Mm hmm. I, I love the way that that character and the way Deborah Kerr performs it, where, like, as she starts to get emotional, she'll just throw up the wall. Yes. Like, she'll meet, stop herself immediately. Face. Yes. And I love that because, oh, this character, again, so well written. I'm a little surprised they got away with some of this stuff, given that it is during code. the code. Yeah. But I think, I think they're able to get into it because um, Karen's an adulterer. She's had multiple affairs. Well, she but so is the captain. starts the affair with Warden. But yes, I think that's maybe why they were able to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, under the code, there was the idea that um, adulterers had to be punished, particularly if they were women. I'm curious. The adultering if the, like, husband almost 
always was welcomed back into the fold with open arms because he realized he made a mistake. It was. Which I liked. I felt that it, and the same thing with Alma actually too, never at a single point in this movie did I feel like there was a moral judgment on their characters. Yeah. And I loved that because they, like they've both been through really awful Mm -hmm. shit. And and they both have what it would be traditionally seen as like, kind of like cold, detached, amoral personalities Mm -hmm. but never is there any sort of judgment for them we understand exactly why they are the way that they are right and the whole thing with karen is that like she started having affairs after her husband had an affair and she had this awful miscarriage he came home drunk from like going out with another woman and like didn't call the ambulance for her so she had like this horrendous miscarriage that Mm -hmm. resulted in a hysterectomy for her yeah and so she can't have kids and they in, they establish it in just one line but they did it really nicely that like Karen wants kids. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted a family, she wanted kids like She talks about being a failure and like how is failure the right no, word? No, it's what, not what a failure she but use? she's basically like what use is a house without children? I think is the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it was a waste. She says it's a waste. That's it. Not a failure but a waste. It's a waste. And yeah. so Karen has had that ripped away from her due to her husband's awful doing. So mm-hmm. it's like they kind of justify her affairs that way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I do want to talk about the scene between Captain Holmes and her because yes. in, in the bedroom, because he oh, comes in so drunk and late and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And she's just like, she's like, I know where you are. No bother. Like, it's not like we kind of have this but agreement. the amount of sass in this performance. I love when she tells him to. Quote, get out, get of, out my of my bedroom. Oh, yes. And he just leaves. Uh, yes. It was great. So because and they that scene again, very early on. So it's very well established. Like one, Holmes sucks even more than we thought he initially yeah. did. And two, that like their marriage is not good. The miscarriage is actually a change from the book. Really? In the book, she has to have a hysterectomy because her cheating husband gives her gonorrhea and it's complications from that. But under code, they couldn't really have the whole STI, STD thing. So they... Do that with the miscarriage, I and it would, would have technically the other ending, not other ending, the, but the other, other, the, other the book, one. the book one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any reason to do that under code. They kind of had to do that, and I guess you could say like it would make her even more sympathetic. But I don't understand why having a miscarriage would make you more sympathetic from someone who also had to have a hysterectomy because their cheating partner gave them I mean, an STD. Yeah, I uh, like. I don't generally like when. Something like a miscarriage is used. Is the main like sympathy getting like saint make you the saint sort of. Yes. You know what I mean? It really bothers me. It's, I, I feel like it would, they're you very... should be even more incredulous about yes. your like the way the book did it. <laughs> so I, I Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't like when people use a miscarriage purely to kind of build sympathy or make yeah. someone seem like a saint because like they're really awful and really hard for people and mm-hmm. also a lot more common than most people yeah. realize. So like, yeah, I think that there's, there's some problems there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main point is that like, I, it, it's still either way book or movie. It gives you a reason why Karen is having her affairs and it gives you a reason why she is mad at her husband. And yeah. it, it's and very much on her side. Yes. Yeah. It's very much on her side, despite the fact that she is still committing adultery. Yeah. So after the first introduction, we get a scene at uh, Karen and Captain Holmes's house mm-hmm. where a sergeant just shows up out of the blue for some papers. To drop off some papers. <laughs> but Which really, he wanted to see Karen. And they have did. a drink, and I like the way she keeps the kitchen table between them. I do too. But then she pours herself a drink anyway, and now she's like, look what you made me do. Now we're both drinking. <laughs> and I'm like, Cause it's like you're great. 
I, I love that Karen, they both clearly want the affair, but they're both like, there's a lot of problems with this affair. Many problems with this affair. Yeah. But they kiss at the end of that scene. They do. And I'm just like, okay. It's the weird, I'm on board the with weird this. 50 shoulder grab kiss. The weird 50 shoulder grab, let me eat your like chin just off smoosh, kiss. Smoosh Let's kiss. mash mouth parts. <laughs> Ian, it's not as romantic when you say it that way. No, no, no. I'm not talking about like actual kissing. I'm talking about film kissing. Yes, film kissing. There's a very distinct, and it's so funny because it's very much, I feel like it's, there's a a very distinct era of a very particular type of film kiss. But yeah, anyway, I I do love that they, as they develop this relationship show, though, there's always this like reticence about it and the sneaking around and the, okay, what do we actually, what are we actually doing here? And then like when, either of them will start to get too emotional about it. They'll kind of like draw back and like throw exactly. up the wall or like he's asking about like this other affair that she had when they're down on the beach. And that's when she tells, that's the when she tells the story. story and she's like, okay, you want to hear about it? Like you can hear about it. And How about all that close up shot on her? So good. I love that there is not a single flashback in this film because yeah. the same thing happens when Alma's telling her stuff. They just close up on the actor and let them deliver the emotional monologue. And I'm, so here for it Mm -hmm. and the so the stone cold expression on karen's face when she's delivering the the story like initially i was like where's your emotion but then i was like like wait a minute her whole thing is that she is like keeping it in exactly and you got that in when they were in the house for a little bit where she's like not gonna cry you gotta let it build and build turn it off yeah so no i i ended up being like a massive fan of that delivery yeah so great. Now, some of the like interactions on the beach scene between her and Warden. Sar- I wanted to call him Moran for a minute. What? I'm like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Sergeant Warden. Um, I was kind of like, she goes to slap him and then he stops her and then she just like crumbles. And I was like, I don't know. I, I wanted her to be like feistier in that situation. But yeah, it, I kind of, some of I didn't like the crumble as like. much. Yeah, I think it was more of a. Mm, but at the same time, like, she just got done telling this really emotional thing. Well, no, that like, was before she told the emotional thing. She crumbled and then tells the story. Uh, so, like, I don't know. maybe it works in that kind of, like, emotional progression. Um, yeah, I guess. But, yeah, that's where you get that iconic scene of but them in kissing general, in the water. But in general, I liked that scene a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Overall, pretty much I anything Karen was in. Um, I guess the the other stuff to highlight with this is that, like, because of the affair with Karen, we're starting to see kind of like changes in warden's character mm-hmm. and i i love that the entire time they're both so conflicted about it and that's when she kind of starts to pull a pressure she's like you know basically like i can't leave you my husband for you right now because you report to him like yeah, he's got it looks bad <laughs> it, well it looks bad but also like that could really really hurt warden mm-hmm. that's when she's like you should apply to be an officer like you would be such a good officer and he's like i don't know like i'm happy where i am like i I'm just, I'm not an officer. Like, that's just not me. And well, she's, and like, he ends up not applying, even though he told her. She, right. Because he, he just he could never bring himself mm-hmm. to sign the papers. But she kind of tells him, she's like, well, if you are made an officer, then I can leave him. I can marry you. Like, go we, do it. We can do this thing and we don't have to sneak around anymore. Right. And we can have a real relationship because there's also this really short but really amazing scene where they are at like, like this an restaurant bar or like a bar or something. And they say later they basically drove across the island to do it so that, like, mm-hmm. they could go together. And her husband shows up with another woman. And I love that Warden That was her husband it. that show- yes. showed up? <gasps> I thought it was just some, like, random soldier people. <gasps> I'm pretty sure it was oh, her husband. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Holmes. 
because I mean, I guess it could have been a random soldier, but I'm like 99% sure it was Holmes because Warden's reaction is get the fuck out. Don't turn around, stand up. And they kind of like go out the side go around exit. these trees and go through, go through a side exit to get out of there. And it's just, and I think maybe after that's when they have the conversation about In him becoming car. an mm-hmm. officer because like the whole thing, like they, they can't have a real relationship No, and it's hurting both of them. Well, and that's what causes it to end. Cause like, She's basically saying, you said you were going to do this. You're not going to do it. I I can't. Yeah. She's like, I I can't do that. And it, she's like, I mean, it doesn't really matter now because like my husband's not in the army anymore. Mm-hmm. But like. But still, you lied. Well, I think she comes at it from a you lied to me. And it's if like, you had cared about me and us being together, you would have gone for this. Yeah. It, it's more of like a where's your follow through. Mm-hmm kind of like you you didn't care enough about the relationship to take this step so i don't know if i want to take the divorce and understandably because, well because divorce was still a humongous deal back then yeah. like it was such a scandal and so not ideal to be in the marriage but less ideal to be out of it right exactly which oh my god the amount of people who are trapped in unhappy marriages before divorce became like yeah. more socially acceptable i i can't imagine oh god but like she's yeah, she's going to stay with Holmes. And Holmes, at one point later, like he's like, I know you're having an affair. I know it's with a civilian because you wouldn't have, like, the balls <laughs> with, like, a military that. officer. And I wanted to be, like, it's with your direct report, sucker. You idiot. But, like, <laughs> yeah. But he's all mad that she's having an affair. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> and he flat out says, it's different. And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, Just it's go different smack for him. women. And I'm like, Karen, kick him off the boat or something. I don't know. Drop kick him through the window yes. that he was moodily looking him out, out of. Tell him to get out of your bedroom. More like get out of my house is yeah, really what get you out of my said. life. <laughs> so, but yeah, she doesn't end up with Warden, and so we get the final scene. Yeah, so final scene. Pearl Harbor has happened. Pruitt so has many died. people leaving. The final little scene is on a boat, and we have Alma and Karen who have never had contact throughout mm-hmm. the entire film at the railing of this boat they both look so depressed well understandably, understandably. i is forget karen who how karen starts it but it's like it's beautiful isn't it like looking back at the island as they're pulling away yeah they're basically she says something to the effect of the mem like i'm so happy to have the memories of this place mm-hmm. or something like that kind of the idea of that like she's not happy about where she's going but like at least for one moment in time she had something nice mm-hmm. and beautiful that she was happy about yeah meaning her relationship with warden mm-hmm. then she's talking with lorene slash alma and alma i love this ending she for says her. that her fiance died and at first i was like wait did she when he was when when prue was leaving she did tell him because he had proposed to her yeah. at first and she was like no because that ruins my plan right and then as he was leaving she's like i'll stay like i'll marry you like whatever like just kind of trying to just say anything to get him to stay so she says my fiance was killed and at first bomber pilot yes at first i was like oh she's gonna talk about pruitt because she actually did want to marry him but then she starts saying he was a bomber pilot they got him as his plane was taking off the runway he's from a southern family he had a silver store sent him to his mother but she wanted to give it to me yes yes and i was like oh like she and the way the way it's delivered it doesn't seem malicious it doesn't seem that's just her that's her story now and she's gonna make it work it's her story it's it's what she has left yeah of that relationship like it's like she why not Mm -hmm. like it's i don't know who's gonna fact check her exactly i mean i think karen almost did because she was like you meant pruitt robert e lee pruitt which 
It's like, really? You're yeah, going to name him Robert he's E. Lee? From, he's from Kentucky. But that plays into Alma's thing at the end where she was like, he was named after a great general. Like, like she's kind mm-hmm. of going with... She's Pruitt himself was not backstory. super respectable, but she's using him to build a respectable yeah. backstory. Yeah. It, yeah. Karen's kind of like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't go into it very heavy. But, um, Hang on. <laughs> but yeah, then she has the, the comment about the saying or the lore about the lays that if they go to shore you'll be back if they go out to sea you won't and then it just ends with the, they lays, throw the lays in, in the water but we don't see what direction exactly. they go in but based on the looks the on their faces <laughs> based on the looks on their faces i'm assuming they went out to sea oh i'm sure they went out to sea i just but are we sure they went out to sea? I, we don't ooh. know <laughs> so, i i thoroughly enjoyed this film i enjoyed talking about this film I really, really enjoyed it. I was I just, okay with watching the film. <laughs> I liked the performances. I really liked the characters. I liked that. I don't know. I don't know. There was something about this that I really liked. It reminded me a lot of The Lost Weekend, mm-hmm. honestly, as far as like kind of pacing and feel and how like it could ride that melodrama line, but in a way that actually really worked for me. Yeah. Do okay. We, do we want to start with my ranking it. then? Um, If you want. I feel like we always start with your ranking. Yeah, we do. So you should go. So it is my new number nine. It is behind How Green Was My Valley because I felt How Green Was My Valley had the same sort of like pacing and character work and Mm -hmm. themes that I liked, but it just went out on cinematography and score. Mm -hmm. But it's before the best years of our lives. Um, I, those two are so close for me, Mm -hmm. honestly. I just, I enjoyed the overall characters i think a little bit more with um from here to eternity and i thought mm-hmm. that there were definitely parts of best years of our lives where i was like oh they could have trimmed the fat a bit and it also had multiple points where it should have ended and it didn't yes totally Whereas agree. from here to eternity i thought had like the absolute perfect ending i thought they were a lot more concise with it like it mm-hmm. is it is a almost full two hours so like it's not like a well not short even a full movie. two hours i said it's almost a full two hours oh okay yeah um so it's not like super short or anything, but like, I don't know, it felt more efficient and concise than Best Years mm-hmm. of Our Lives. And is I did like the female characters in Best Years of Our Lives, but I liked them more here. Like I felt that the characters in general were a little bit more complex mm-hmm. in this and that all the storylines were explored properly. Yes. And there wasn't anything that I felt was like lacking from that yeah. standpoint. I feel like the female characters in Best Years of Our Lives were more incidental, except for... Um, the older gentleman's wife who I cannot remember the names of the characters at all, but it was like they were the women in this film were much more integral in the plot. I thought. Yeah. And they were, they were much more layered. Yeah. So I, the middle of my list is a struggle because <laughs> I feel like I have boxed myself in. Because you'll have, you're like, it should be above movie a, but not above movie B, but so how movie B is below, below movie a. a. <laughs> yeah. So I'm struggling a little bit right now. With exactly where I want to put it. I think... What's a movie that you felt it was similar to? It had similar themes with The Best Years of Our Lives. Okay. That kind of vibe. Yeah. But where I think I'm ultimately going to put it is at my new number 11. Okay. And so that is after Wings and before you can't take it with you. So I still love Wings. I, I will always love wings. wings. I do. I know it's a totally irrational. No, it's, um, I, there are some movies that you I just really, absolutely really love. like it. And it, uh, the performances there were so good. The effects were so good. It was just, I don't know. It was to me more compelling. I don't know. It, yeah. 
it's because plot wise and character wise it's much more simplistic yes agreed agreed so that's where i i sometimes have a hard time with that film explaining exactly why it has the like magical zhuzh that it does i I think that's completely (laughs) completely okay Um, there are some movies that just will like they strike a chord with you they do like i don't know why but like i'm here for this movie yeah um I think that it was much more hard hitting than you can't take it with you. And in terms of you have, you can't take it with you so high on your list. And I'm kind again, I am sleeping in the bed that I've made myself. I was Um. (laughs) just a little behind the scenes stuff for our listeners. I was uh, looking at my list, figuring out where it was going to place it. And I peeked at your list to see if you'd already put it on there because I was. I'm, we're not oh, supposed you know to know i don't put it on the list until we record <laughs> i know we're not supposed to know what each other's ranking it until we actually reveal our rankings on the podcast but i was gonna cheat and <laughs> i ian hadn't put it on there but i noticed he had how green was my valley below you can't take it with you and i just texted him was like that's criminal well and i'm like in retrospect it absolutely is. <laughs> but at the time it made sense i promise no i mean that happens that's like how um I have gone with the wind above all quiet on the Western front and I kind of wish I'd flopped them, but I didn't. Yeah. So now we have the struggle of what makes more sense. I feel like we might have to go back and be like, all right, given or Or maybe when we finish the final list, Mm -hmm. we could do like a, this is where we think it should given the, all the context we have now. Yeah. Given absolutely everything. Yeah. Maybe. So we'll see. But anyway, I thought it was a very tidy and impactful film. Like I liked it. Yeah. Anyway, I think we would. I think we would both recommend watching this. Yeah, it's worth a watch. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. I'm not sure I'll watch it again, but definitely worth the first. So that is it for from here to eternity. I apologize because this episode I know probably felt like eternity because it's a long. There one. was a lot to cover. It was it was a lot so. to cover. Um, but if you want to find us on social media to discuss your thoughts on this movie with us or any other movie, we are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com if you have more of a long form um, commentary or critique. And uh, please rate, subscribe, review, especially rate and review really helps us out yeah so thanks for listening and join us next episode for the 27th best picture winner on the waterfront i'm excited about that one it's a mob drama i'm so excited so thanks for listening